Hi, this is Daniel Sandoval from the Sandoval Bench Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, news, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from basketball to football to soccer and esports. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your phone to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. That's betonline.net. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, for this week, I wanted to check in on the NBA, discuss Steph's injury, uh, talk about the Thursday night game last night with the uh, Seahawks and the 49ers, Brock Purdy. Great game from him, uh, 2-0 so far. Uh, I want to discuss Mike Leach, some MLB free agency, uh, NFL Week 14, and then we'll talk about uh, the preview of Week 15, and then also White Lotus, uh, the show of the year. Season 2 has ended, so we'll discuss that as well. So for the Warriors, we have Steph Curry injured his shoulder against Indiana Pacers, uh, and he's going to be out for a few weeks. And for the Warriors, you know, they still haven't been able to find their groove. The bench is still pretty inconsistent. Uh, James Wiseman was sent back down to uh, the Development League, sent down with the Santa Cruz Warriors. He's there for 10 games. They just called him up uh, yesterday, so we'll see if he's developed at all. Um, you know, he's had some weird tendencies, um, like not super into the system or the games, but um, and wasn't hasn't had a, like a strong uh, defensive presence that that they would expect, but. Uh, Warriors right now are in 10th place, 14-15. and 15. They've been struggling a lot. They lost to Indiana twice already. Uh, but they did beat the Boston Celtics on Saturday. So it was a big win for them, especially because the Celtics are um, they're hot right now. They are the best team record-wise in the NBA. Uh, but for the West, you know, you have a lot of struggling teams. You know, Russell Westbrook's playing a lot better. Um, you know, but the, the Lakers are 11-16, and when Anthony Davis is out there, he's dominating. Uh, but they're t- still in the 12th spot. Then you have Mavericks in the 9th spot at 14-14. You know, Luke is still great, but the support system around him isn't as um, consistent as you'd like it to see. And then the Timberwolves, uh, 13-15, they're struggling. You know, they have Carl Anthony Towns that's out for a while. Um they might have gotten, they tried to get better, but they got worse with the trade of uh, Rudy Gobert. It just hasn't been working for them spacing-wise. So there's a lot of teams with a lot of issues that, you know, you would expect to make the playoffs. Uh, Clippers are still there, 17-14 in the eighth spot. The Jazz, you know, after their hot start, they're they're still in the seventh spot above 500. Uh, Portland right there at the fifth spot. And then you actually have the Kings, surprisingly, at the sixth spot, 15-12. Portland... Uh, Damon Lillard has been on fire the last five games, you know, I think scoring 30-plus points each of those games. He looks like how he looked before when him him and Steph, it was 1A, 1B, you could take whoever, um, you know, because there were some games where 
Dame Lillard would have a better game than Steph Curry, and you know he he's one of the best leaders in the NBA. Um, I do believe they will make the playoffs. They still have to make the playoffs, uh, but the West is pretty. It's pretty wide open, I think. You know, because you have Memphis at first. They've they've been hot right now. Winners of seven straight. Uh, they're nineteen and nine, and then second you have Pelicans eighteen and ten, and then Nuggets seventeen ten. So they're all within a few games of each other. You know, even the Warriors who have been up and down are still only five and a half games back, right? Um, and then for the East, you know, you have, as we discussed uh, last week, the Celtics are kind of running away with it. Uh, but you have the Bucks there at 20 and 8, but, you know, they just got blown out by the Memphis Grizzlies, which was a big win for the Grizzlies because, you know, I have the Bucks coming out of the East this year, and I don't, I don't believe that much in Memphis as far as postseason goes, but, you know, when they put a a beating down on um on Milwaukee like that that's kind of concerning for the Bucks. Um East is kind of weird, kind of funky. Um you know, you have the Hawks struggling. Trey Young, I don't know if he's trying to get Nate McMillan fired. He's having a bad year. He had the one game where he didn't show up after they got in an argument and um so that's a problem. And then Chicago, they just might have to blow it up. They're right they're sitting at the 11th spot. Lakers now might want to trade for uh, DeMar DeRozan after they had the opportunity to sign him. Didn't offer him enough money, and then he went elsewhere. Um, Miami and the Pacers is 7-8. and eight. I don't... Miami might be too old to, you know, make a, a consistent run. Because by this time, you know, every year, usually they're top four, top three at least. But um, I think the age is catching up with them. They, they rely heavily on bigger guys or smaller guys who can't defend as well, like Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero, they can shoot, but like who are they going to stop, right? Um, then you have uh, Cavaliers at three and four. You know, the Nets, you know, not a lot of drama. Win- winners are four straight, and, you know, they're going to be good. When, you know, I haven't heard anything from Kyrie Irving or KD, so that's great news for them. I bet the, the Brooklyn Nets are happy about that. Joe Sy ownership group are excited that they don't hear anything from Kyrie Irving, uh, but they've been playing well, been playing uh, consistently. They have some some uh, injured players who finally returned. Um, let's see what else. I uh, wanted to talk about Mike Leach. Uh, he sadly passed away the other day at 61, had a heart attack. Uh, he was the current coach of Mississippi State, and um, he was a pa- former coach of Texas Tech, you know, that year when they had Graham Harrell and... Uh, uh, Michael Crabtree and they beat Texas and you know they had a chance to go to the championship that they, they were coached by Mike Leach and then all those years with um, Washington State when they had that crazy air raid offense and they were scoring 50 points and they had any quarterback that was back there behind center that was just airing it out and scoring a lot of points um, that was Mike Leach so Mike Leach started the air raid offense that a lot of people use in college now and he was always always um you could always mark him down for a, a good, funny quote. Uh, interesting guy. Um, I was definitely sad to see him uh, pass away at, at 61. Like, you still have a lot of time left. And, you know, I guess Mississippi State, the players and the coaches, they're going to play uh, the bowl game, which I think they're playing on the 3rd of January or something like that. But um, So they're prepared to play that game. But um, it is college football bowling season. Um, so I think the games start tomorrow or today. Uh, so that'll be exciting. There's a lot of them there. Um, MLB free agency has been 
a few good moves here. Uh, the Giants got their guy, Carlos Correa, a former shortstop of the Houston Astros, most recently with the Minnesota Twins. 28 years old, 13 years, 360, not 360. Yeah, I think it was $360 million. Um, that's a long contract. My thing is, of course, it was a desperate contract by the San Francisco Giants, but I feel like it had to be desperate, right? Because they missed out on Aaron Judge. You know, they lost Carlos Rodon to the Yankees. Um, you know, they had Mitch Hanniger from from the uh, from the Mariners. You know, they made, like, some small moves, but they didn't make a splash. And if you were on the San Francisco Giants Bleacher Report community section, there's, like, a new wave of fans who are just upset. They're so upset about everything. Like, oh, you need to fire Farhan. He's not making any moves. He's just lying to us. Like, dude, they're trying. At least they offered they've they offered Bryce Harper the money in the past. He chose Philadelphia. They've made they try to get Mike to stand Giancarlo stand now, but he went to New York. They've made efforts to try to get big guys, but some people don't want to come, and that's just the reality of the situation. Um, Aaron Judge used the Giants as leverage to get more money from the Yankees. That's fine, but we still offered a big contract: nine years, three hundred sixty million dollars. Yankees chose to match it. He decided to stay at home. That's fine, but I'm I'm glad that they're at least in the running, like they're at least being considered. And then with Carlos Correa, they offered him 13 years, which is insane. 13 years, we're gonna have the same guy 13 for 13 years. At the end of that contract, he's 41 years old, but we have him in his prime. So I want him between age 28, maybe age 35. You know, he's great defensively. He won the platinum glove. And the Gold Glove in 2021, which also for the AL, but for the National League, Brandon Crawford won the Gold Glove, which, you know, Brandon Crawford's been our starting shortstop for, was it 12 years now? And he's moving to third base now. So that left side of the field, you're going to have, you're going to have great gloves there. Two Gold Glove winners in 2021 at shortstop and at third base. They've already spoken to Brandon Crawford. He might platoon. Third base, I hope not. I hope they just, like, you know, start him every day and let him ride out. Probably his last season because he turns 35 in January. Um, but he seems excited to, you know, to have the addition of uh, a, a player like uh, Correa, like the caliber player he is, World Series champion. Um, you know, good hitter. He has some pop. Not You know, he's not going to hit 35 home runs, but I think his, his career high is 26 or 22, something like that, which... At that position, I'm taking that. You know, that's basically what Brandon Crawford hit in in 2021 when he had his you know resurgent year. Um, so you know, I'm I'm happy with the Giants' offseason. You know, they they got a big fish. Um, I haven't seen the leadership stuff with with Correa in Houston or anything, but apparently he's he's like kind of a mentor to younger guys and stuff like that. So I mean, that could be good. You know, they were looking for a face face of the franchise like leadership kind of guy. So if he fills that void, cool. Um, you know, I'm always just worried about the age 36 between early 40s seasons, you know, realistically and probably very likely that those last few years are going to be terrible. He might be platooned or whatever, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there in, what is it, 20, 2034 or something like that. That's how long it is from now. 
Um, but now, you know, we're, we're focused on, you know, signing another bat, getting another pitcher, and trying to contend for the division because the Dodgers got worse. Um, Padres got a lot better, but let's see how they how they actually play on the field and if they're consistent enough to actually make the playoffs because, um, you know, they've struggled in the past to, you know, make it far. But they did go to the NLCS this past year, so that might be good for them. Uh, so let's recap some of the NFL games. We had yesterday, Thursday night game, Brock Purdy, Starts off 2-0 and in his uh, short career as a starter, 21-13. Running game was there. You know, he found George Kittle for two touchdown passes. 49ers won the NFC West once again. This is why I am not backing down on my uh, Super Bowl 49ers prediction because Brock Purdy plays really well within the system. Say all you want, but, you know, they're actually trusting him to throw the ball deep. Um, and he's making good reads, and I think you know he with his confidence, he's gained more confidence each week. Like they could be dangerous. And he was on the injury report. He was injured the last game, comes back for this game, and you know short week, and he plays like this. Um, I still expect maybe a little bit of regression because more teams will get you know some more tape on him, and he won't be able to do all the things that he's able to do. But you know with that running game and those good receivers, like he can easily easily um you know pass for a couple touchdowns he has six touchdowns at one receptions in two games like jimmy garoppolo was not doing that jimmy g was having a really good year though i'll give him that but um wasn't like what he wasn't doing what brock Purdy's doing uh recapping last week's game so we had um i guess speaking of brock Purdy, we had last week too on sunday this is we haven't spoken since the two games that first game was against uh, Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They demolished the Buccaneers 35-7. to Brady just looks like a shell of his former self. It was just, it was bad. It was quite the beatdown. Um, he had 100 tickets reserved for family members, and they had to witness that. So that was a good win for the 49ers and Brock Purdy. Uh, Patriots and Cardinals, that was a Monday night game. Uh, Kyler Murray, unfortunately, tore his ACL. Uh, Patriots pulled away with that win, 27-13. to 13. Uh, Dolphins and Chargers was Sunday night. Chargers pulling away, 23-17. Good game for Justin Herbert. You know, he had the the matchup, Herbert versus Tua. Uh, Panthers beat the Steelers, 30-24. to 24. And let's see, the Chiefs were struggling against the Broncos. You know, I didn't like that. The Broncos had an opportunity to win, and Russell Wilson... He's knocked out with a concussion on the last last drive of the game, so not a good look. Uh, Titans, I don't think the Titans are going to do well in the postseason. They got blown out by the by the Jags, thirty six to twenty two. I think they've lost three straight games, and you know Derrick Henry has struggled in those games. They just haven't looked good at all. They have no their defense is supposed to you know be good and help keep them in some games, but defense hasn't been good at all. Um, let's see the Vikings lost to the Lions. The Lions were favored. I'm like, why are the Lions favored? The Lions are close to the postseason. I just need I just need to look at these standings here. They're right on the outside there in the NFC. They're in the ninth spot. They're six and seven. Right beyond the Seahawks, who just lost, who are seven and seven. The Lions can make the playoffs. Um uh, also the Commanders can make the playoffs. So these are the NFC standings. You have Eagles, the one seed, twelve and one. 
the Vikings 10 and 3 are the second seed. The Niners couldn't pull into that second spot, right? Because Vikings are kind of they're kind of struggling right now. Uh, 49ers are hot. 49ers are winners of seven straight at 10 and 4. Buccaneers have that fourth spot. They're not they're not any good. You have the ghost of Tom Brady. I don't think anyone's gonna be scared of them in the postseason. They're six and seven, so they're the fourth spot. Cowboys are the fifth spot at ten and three. Then you have Commanders and Giants seven five and one. Both of them, so they can either both make the playoffs or miss the playoffs. I kind of hope I see the the Lions. I want to see the Lions and and Seahawks in the playoffs. I like the Geno Smith story. I like the year they's having. And I like the Lions. You know, I the Lions were struggling for a while there, and I thought that they were just done. You know, they're kind of dead in the water. But they started. They, I mean, they're aggressive. They're scoring a lot of points. They didn't give up on the season, which I like. Um, I like Dan Campbell's style. He's kind of aggressive with everything. Um, let's see. Cowboys barely pulled away from the Texans last minute, um, and then. We had Jets and Bills. Mike White was beat up in that game, came back, tried to lead the Jets to victory, but uh, they ended up losing 20-12. to um, Let's see, any other good games? I think we talked about we talked about the Raiders and Rams already. Um, that one was just bad. Um, Baker Mayfield just started playing for the Rams two days prior, leads a game-winning drive against the Raiders. The Raiders are just absolutely embarrassing um the afc because they had a chance they won like three they won three straight games and the raiders were they had a chance to actually kind of make the postseason because you know if they keep winning you know they're five and eight right now you know they're only like two games back of that seventh spot um they had an opportunity and then they lost i don't i think they're out now uh, right now you have bills first number one c 10 and three chiefs 10 and three ravens nine and four i don't I don't really believe in the Ravens or the Titans for sure. Titans are losers of three straight. Uh, Ravens, you know, they have a good a good record, but their wins are like they're barely beating teams that they should be blowing out, and then they're losing against teams like like Jacksonville. They're up and down. Like sometimes they're really great, and sometimes they're awful. And um, like they've been good against the Ravens. The Ravens defense isn't as good as it as it seems. Uh, Bengals are nine four. Bengals are a sneaky team. I think. Like I said previously, I think the AFC is a three-team race right now. It's Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Dolphins, maybe. Tua has been struggling, though. Like, you know, struggled against the Chargers. He was just, he didn't even get beat up. He was just inaccurate. He was missing a lot of throws. And the week before that, uh, against San Francisco, he got beat up, and he couldn't find his targets at all. And the Patriots are still alive at 7-6, Chargers 7-6. Chargers just won't die. They're just there, seven six, and then you have the Jets at seven and six as well. Um, and I guess mathematically, the Jacksonville Jaguars are still in it at five and eight. Um, so let's see. We have oh for week fifteen. These are the games we have. Uh, so we already had the Thursday night game between the 49ers and the Seahawks. Next one is the Colts and the Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings at home, minus three and a half. Ravens at Cleveland. Cleveland is favored, minus three. That's a, that's a weird line, too. I, I'll take the Ravens. Deshaun Watson isn't fully comfortable yet. Doesn't seem like he's in a groove. Uh, Dolphins at Bills. It's going to be really snowy. 
Um, and then did you hear Tua's quote? He's like, oh, well, it snowed in Alabama my first year. Not the same kind of snowman. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo, they have, like, blizzard-type snowstorms. And apparently the Dolphins had heaters in 65-degree weather in L.A. Um, I'm taking the Bills, and I'm taking that money line minus 7. Um, I think the the elements are definitely going to be a factor with the Miami Dolphins. Chiefs and Texans. Uh, Chiefs are favored by 14 points. Taking the Chiefs. Cowboys, Jaguars. Cowboys are favored by four. I'm going to take the Jaguars because, uh, I mean, Houston almost had Dallas right there. And the Jags have been lighting it up on random teams. Any given day, they can they can beat anybody. They can score 40 on somebody. But then another day, they can still score six against the the Broncos. Like So you never know. Um, I'm not... I don't know. The Cowboys are just weird to me. Like they're not like a great ten and three team. Like they have some weird wins and like some really close loss. Like it's just it's just weird. Um, so I'm taking Jacksonville. Eagles at uh, Bears minus nine. The Eagles are favored. Uh, that's an easy one. I'm taking the Eagles. And a lot, a lot of people seem like they're not hundred percent sold on the Eagles, including me. But um, they are a great regular season team. I don't, I'm not sure if the bye will help them. The bye doesn't usually help a lot of teams, if we, as we've seen in the past. I'm taking Eagles in that game. Uh, Falcons and Saints. Uh, I, I don't know. This one is could go either way. I guess I would take the the Falcons. They're, the Saints are favored minus four. I'll take the Falcons. Uh, Lions and Jets. If Mike White is, in, is injured, you know, he's kind of not 100%. Uh, Lions are a hot team right now. I'm taking the Lions uh, six and seven. To, uh, they're uh, the Jets are favored by two. Uh, Steelers at Panthers. I do not care about this game. Both same record. Very underwhelming teams. Uh, I'm taking the Panthers minus two two and a half. I guess Cardinals and Broncos. This one's gonna be bad game. Uh, Kyler Murray's out. Probably Russell Wilson is out. I'll I guess I'll take Colt McCoy. I'm taking the Cardinals. Patriots at Raiders. I'm taking the Patriots. Uh, Raiders, for some reason, are favored by one. That's the line. They're favored by one. Uh, Bengals at Buccaneers. I'm taking the Bengals minus three and a half. Titans at Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers minus three and a half. Uh, Sunday night is the Giants and uh, Commanders. Washington is favored four and a half points. Uh, I will take the Giants. And then Monday night, you have Packers and Rams. Packers are favored seven points. I will take the points with the Packers. Um, so yeah, those are our uh, parlay picks. Uh, so I wanted to get into White Lotus. Uh, the season ended. I am sad about that. I want to go on another vacation with Mike White and this and this show. Um, it's a great show. Exciting ending. There will be spoilers here, so if you haven't seen it, then um, I would end the podcast now. Um, so the one who died was Tanya, uh, played by Jennifer Coolidge. I kind of had some suspicion because the way she was, um, she was kind of going with Quentin, and they were going to Palermo, and there was a bunch of stuff surrounding like her money. And where was Greg? And you know, I didn't even realize Greg is Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. So great return to uh, a prominent show and prominent uh, movie like that uh, for him to return. I haven't seen him in something in a long time, so it was nice to see Uncle Rico back. He's lost a lot of weight and hair. Um, but, yeah, he he was the guy who 
uh, Quentin was saying that he loves, and and then um, Jennifer Coolidge saw a picture of him and Quentin, Greg and Quentin, her husband, who left and who has like some shady stuff going on. But now he's gonna get all the money. He's gonna get the five hundred million dollars because she died, and then the prenup is canceled once she dies. So that he's gonna get all of that. Um, so he comes out a winner. But there's some loose ends here. I want to know about the friend who escaped, and then you know there was. Um, there was some other stuff like Greg. How does it get tied to him? Like, is the next season do does Greg get arrested? Or do we like does that part of the story end? And then Portia, played by Haley Lou Richardson, like she she made a decision. She went to the airport and she didn't know what was going on with Tanya, even though Jack was like trying to like he was just obviously keeping her away and then she realizes jack sucks and was like hey i need to get to tanya where's my phone this guy steals her phone and he's like telling all these secrets to her when he's drunk and they're at the hotel um and it was all stuff that we knew like tanya finally told portia hey i don't think that's his uncle because he's fucking his uncle and it's like wait what why would you tell me that before um so now you know Portia knows what's going, what knows what happened, and then Greg is out there, and then the other friend who left the boat, and the other one I forget his name, but he stayed back. He didn't go on the yacht. So these are the four people who who know what what happened, and I don't know if there's any loose ends or no one says anything or it just ends like that. Um, but Jennifer Coolidge, her character, killed four people there. That guy, Niccolo, the guy who's in the mafia, like, there was all this mafia stuff, like, like, kind of hanging over the show. They kept making mentions to it, so we don't know if Quinn was actually part of the mob or what, or he had some ties. But Niccolo was definitely a drug dealer, puts the duffel bag in the middle, which obviously has a gun because he says he always has it with him. Tanya takes the bag, goes to the bathroom. There's rope, tape, and a gun there. So, like, what's going to happen? They're going to kidnap her and ask her for the money and hold her ransom because Quinn needs to repair his his villa in palermo and that's how they get money so it's all a scheme to get more money i think i'm not sure if they're going to kill her but probably if there's tape rope and, and a gun so that's how the story is for them i wanted to apologize to the ethan character i hated ethan in the beginning i have a lot in common with ethan now he just started like over analyzing um, overthinking everything about Harper and Cameron, it, you know, because, I mean, they were in the room for quite a bit of time. The door was latched. Why the fuck was the door latched? I'm asking myself the same question, Ethan. Why was the door latched? What happened? She says they just kissed. But what would have happened if he didn't knock on the door? They probably would have had sex, right? I think so. But then I also think that Harper, played by Aubrey Plaza, was playing some mind games with Ethan because, you know, Ethan shared that information that Cameron used to get to all these girls that Ethan liked in college before him and make them mad and stuff like that. So I think, and then I think uh, Harper, Aubrey Plaza's character was kind of surprised by that. And then she played into that after that because she still believes that Ethan was cheating on her when she found that condom in the hotel. And he kind of fell for it because he was a mad upset and then you know I, I i do like a sex tracker with the show they didn't have sex one time Aubrey plaza was trying to have sex with with uh, ethan and uh ethan was like nope i'm not doing it and they finally had sex in the last episode but only because ethan thought that cameron harper had sex so it's weird so it made her more desirable to him but then he tells uh daphne who this actress uh megan fahey was 
great in this, you know, because she knows she's blissfully ignorant, so she knows what's going on. And then they walk to like the little island over there, Ethan and Daphne do after Ethan tells her, Hey, I think this happened, something happened with Cameron and Harper. She's like, Oh, it's okay, we don't know, we can't control what people do, whatever. Why don't you take a walk with me? And during this walk, they go over there and there's like some there's some sexy eyes there at each other. And I think they had sex. So I think Harper and Daphne or no, uh Daphne and Ethan had sex. I don't think Cameron and Harper had sex. I think they kissed, but I think they were going to have sex. They were they went up to the room with the intention of having sex. Cause then right after the Ethan and Daphne thing, Ethan goes have sex with uh Harper. So that means like, okay, I'm fine now. And then he seems like he's fine, like he's over it. So he's fine now because he kinda got he got even, I guess. So then basically the whole thing with them was like Harper and Ethan become Cameron and Daphne, these two people who they apparently despise, but then they end up acting more like right uh the degrasso family they finally got to go meet their families um in in sicily or wherever part of italy that they were and there was not a warm welcoming probably just one of the funniest scenes um in tv and um bert and and then you had what was his name um um guy who plays christopher um him and then his dad or his son albie you know, they're all kind of, the way that they treat women, they think that they're okay, but then, um, you know, they all end up being the same, especially Albie. Albie gets played by um, uh, Lucia. Lucia ends up getting 50,000 euros from, uh, uh, what's his name, Dom, Dominic uh, DeMarco or whatever, uh, DeGrasso. He, get, he gives his son 50,000 euros to give to, <laughs> to Lucia and... Then they're in bed, and he wakes up to Lucia leaving, and um, yeah, he figures out he got played. Haley Lou Richardson, uh, Portia, and uh, and uh, what's his name, Albie, they meet at the hotel or at the airport. Like, oh, let's exchange numbers. So now that seems like they're definitely gonna hang out. Um, but I thought that dynamic between the the dad and the grandpa and and the son that was just such a great dynamic. We didn't get a Laura Dern scene. Um, but you know, Albie trying to like, basically like blackmail his dad into giving the 50,000, like, Hey, I'll put in a good word for mom. Like, okay, kid, like you're kind of an asshole. Um, Valentina, the hotel manager, she's kind of experiencing like a sexual awakening this whole time, realizing that she might be a lesbian and that Mia, the, uh, the sex worker slash pianist, you know, does her favor, has sex with her, and then she, uh, Valentina realizes she loves women, but she's never been with a woman, but she's, like, an advocate for women, you know, any, if, um, you know, the front clerk, the front desk clerk, she felt like if she was, you know, being harassed or whatever, she was moving people, like, I don't want anyone talking to you, mainly because she liked her, but then she found out she was engaged, she was gonna get married to Rocco, who, you know, Rocco is just getting abused by Valentina, but, um, then she moved the other guy because the other guy was like hitting on her and stuff. He's like, nope, you got to go over here. And, you know, she's firm about it. And she let Mia play on the piano, then fired the the original pianist because she was, you know, she started realizing how she can support and advocate for women. Um, who am I missing? I'm missing somebody. I think that was like the gist of it. You know, like for the women, the women are the ones who came on top, you know, like except except Tanya, she died, but 
like Portia, she escaped, you know, now she's kind of, she's going to be kind of frazzled. Um, and you know, Lucia obviously won with Mia. Valentina seems like she won, but like the men in the story, they're the ones who kind of struggled with a lot of stuff. Um, this season might have been better than the first. It might be recency bias, but I just love the show so much. I'm excited about what season three would be because I guess Mike White he had like a little video at the end. He was like, "Oh, season one was was about money. This theme for season two was sex. Uh, we'll see what season three was." But um, a lot of good stuff in this season. I might watch rewatch season one. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you haven't seen it and you listen to this, well, I mean, I. I just pretty much ruined it for you. Uh, but you could always check it out on HBO Max. Uh, but thanks for listening. Uh, really enjoy it. And um, we'll talk uh, next week. Enjoy the weekend.